This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Hello, Toronto. Weekday edition of GTC coming at you on a busy Thursday as the opening round of the Travelers Championship in Cornwall, Connecticut. TPC River Highlands is on its way. I guess that would be event number three in the reboot of the PGA Tour schedule. And actually the only event on the schedule, I should say the first event on the schedule that is in its original spot. This was the week of the Travelers. And after the reboot, it remained the week of the Travelers. And we've got Canadian content on top of the leaderboard. Mackenzie Hughes on fire today, your leader. We will jump hard into the Travelers Championship and big names playing very well early uh, on what is a very excited, uh, excitable and underrated golf course, in my opinion. Welcoming in now Bob Weeks. Bob is unfortunate, however, though, that uh, all the talk yesterday in the world of golf was not about golf. It was not about the great uh, golf course we're about to play, the quality of golf that's being played on the PGA Tour so far this year, and the quality of this field. It was all about positive tests and WDs, and um, like me, I'm sure your day kind of blew up on you with everybody uh, wanting to chat about uh, what happened and what went down in terms of COVID land on the PGA Tour yesterday. Yeah, busy day for sure, and two more positive tests, uh, a bunch of withdrawals, as you pointed out, two caddies both of whom were uh, together at a funeral on Monday, which looks like the the link. Um, Webb Simpson's son, I understand, or a family member, had uh, has tested positive, so he went home with that. Uh, both the Kepka brothers have withdrawn. So, you know, it's I, I, I'm kind of surprised, to be honest with you, that so many people thought, okay, we're going to cancel this tournament, and oh my gosh, you know, the PGA Tour made a mistake in restarting. This is terrible. And and I'm kind of going. I don't know. Like this is a, a minor blip to me. There's you know nobody wants to have any positive cases, but we were going to have them. They've done 2,757 tests, and you've got uh, seven positive tests between the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour at tournament sites. So, you know, this is. I, I still think this is almost a positive thing in terms of how the PGA Tour has handled stuff. And if it wasn't, then it's certainly a wake-up call to those who are on site uh, this weekend. Will be on site in the weeks ahead. Well, well, Bob, you're you're pretty much like pulling a string in my back because almost <laughs> word for word, that was my opinion yesterday, and still is my opinion this morning. And we're going to jump into this right off the bat here in news and headlines. But when we kick this thing off, and we'll hear from Commissioner Jay Monahan, but. Um, I think you're bang on. I think you're nail on the head, uh, and, and we will dive into this uh, deeper. Uh, today we're going to speak with uh, James Duthie, who is part of a charity match next week at TPC, uh, TPC Osprey Valley with uh, Jerry D., Kyle Dubas, and our own Jeff O'Neill, the O-Dogs. We're going to hear from, from uh, Duthie in hour one, and we'll talk a little bit about how this came about and the causes that they're playing for and the money that they're going to raise uh, 20 weeks of TaylorMade will continue. We will jump into leaderboards around the world of golf, especially focusing on uh, Mac Hughes' finish. Mackenzie Hughes playing great and finishing up at TPC River Highlands. 
Scully spoke to Brandon Little, uh, former caddy, of course, of Mike Weir, now on the bag for U.S. Open champion Gary Woodland. So we'll run that interview for you off the top of hour two. So Scully uh, had a chance to speak with him yesterday. Uh, we've talked a lot about overachievers in the last few weeks, ever since the whole thing came out with uh, Sergio Garcia being maybe the most under. Uh, most uh, greatest uh, underachiever, so to speak, in the current product of, of the PGA Tour. And we've, you know, thrown other names in there with them. Ricky Fowler, uh, certainly Dustin Johnson's name in the last week or so has popped up fairly or unfairly. Jason Day, again, fairly or unfairly with the back issues. And then we took a historical look at who we would put up there on the all-time list. Well, this week we're going to flip it. This week we're going to flip that conversation to, in the current present game, who might be the most underrated? Who doesn't get the credit they deserve? We'll take a little look at that. Of course, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues. But first, let's kick it off with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow stars today. All right, news and headlines, and Bob and I spoke about it right off the top. It is really almost the only story right now, other than the active leaderboard at the Travelers Championship in the world of golf. It blew up yesterday, Bob, and I think you summarized it uh, nicely. It's like, if you look at the math on this, and to me, this has been the whole problem, uh, or not the whole problem, but been one of the major problems with the whole COVID-19 environment from the very beginning, like the media should be slapped. Uh, we should be gagged. I don't know how these guys come out with their articles and their videos. And, and I got to say, Bob, a lot of it comes, most of it comes from irresponsible quote unquote news. And I use that term loosely news because news to Bob's point, and you're one of the best at this, Bob, you have, you, uh, Lauren, uh, that, that guard, the guard that, you know, I grew up respecting and going to for golf news in this world, you don't report stuff without facts, without sources. You were the first to, to fire back at the, at the Ryder Cup report, which might be true, but you went out there. Who are the quotes? Who are the sources? Who are people talking to? And now these, these guys coming out of the U.S. with the sky is falling, this tour needs to shut down, they're going to pull the plug, Monaghan's on his way to Connecticut to pull the plug. Completely irresponsible narrative. 2,700 tests have been done across a Corn Ferry and PGA Tour. 2,700. We have had seven positives. This is a good news story, not a bad news story. This is showing that the protocol and the things, the bubble, for lack of a better term, that the PGA Tour has created. And by the way, it's a traveling bubble with off days in between. It's working. Now, what the players and caddies do, to your point off the top, Bob, away from that bubble, that is hard to manage. That lies on the individual, the individual making good choices, positive choices. And from what I see, most people are making those positive choices. We've got players right now, Bob, Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka. Grand McDowell, that have negative test results, negative test results, choosing to withdraw because they think it is the responsible thing to do and the way the tour moves forward. I think they should all be applauded, and I think every time we have one of these situations, it just further stresses the wake-up call that you need to be doing the right thing seven days a week. And if you don't do the right thing seven days a week, 
then you're going to be suspended or there's going to be actions taking place. That's that's my stance on this. And I think we're kind of pretty close on, on the way we read this situation. Very close. Uh, I think if you look at a lot of the other sports and by comparison, you know, the, the transmission of the virus has happened within their team or their sport. So Tampa Bay Lightning had a bunch, I think seven or eight. Uh, the Blue Jays have had a bunch that were all at their spring training zone. Uh, there's a, a couple of college football teams that have had it. On the PGA Tour, there's been no spread within the tour. So the two caddies who who caught it, Ricky Elliott and Comboy uh, uh, for McDowell and, and uh, Brooks Kepka, were both at a funeral on Monday, and that's where they suspect that they caught the virus. They came up here, and apparently everyone who was in touch with them, in contact with them, people who were playing with them um, in practice rounds, nobody's tested positive. So that's the biggest fear, I think, that, the commissioner has is that somebody comes in here and all of a sudden you get 20 positive tests or 10 positive tests or eight positive tests or something like that because somebody wasn't good at the actual golf facility. But so far that hasn't happened. As you said, they're erring on the side of caution with people pulling out even though they're uh, showing negative test results. And, and I think right now, as you said, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to call any kind of test having, having any result like that a positive situation. But the fact that they've been managed to control it within that bubble, uh, for the most part, I think is, is pretty good news. And the reaction to this news is, an, in a way, another positive as well. The commissioner has identified areas that they can bring inside the bubble, some, some things like training facilities and things of that nature that were currently outside the bubble moving forward they're going to bring them inside the vacuum which tightens that seal even more there's a learning process going on here hats off and applaud uh, jay monahan he got uh he got uh, on a plane went to connecticut virtual press conference yesterday spoke to me uh, the media let's hear now from commissioner jay monahan It is a low number, and it's a low number on a percentage basis, but you know, every number hurts. So I think for us, as we look at where we are now three weeks in and on the eve of our, of our first round at the Travelers Championship, I think we all need to remind ourselves that um, we're all learning to live with this virus, and we all need to learn to live with this virus, both as individuals, as family members, and certainly uh, within our businesses and it's pretty clear that this virus isn't going anywhere and so that's why I go back to the weeks that preceded our return the amount of work that we spent to develop our health safety and testing protocols we're playing in two markets today we've had three positive tests this week I think everybody should expect that you're gonna have more tests as we go forward and we're gonna be very sensitive to the specifics of every single test um, but we're going to be spending a ton of time making sure that we're reinforcing the strong protocols we have. And there you have it. And I agree with the commissioner a thousand percent. And who knows where the line in the sand is? And let's hope we don't find out. Let's hope that we don't know what that number is that makes the tour balk or make this a problem. Let's hope that the vacuum continues to be a success. And we get a couple of weeks where there's no cases, and then we get a couple of weeks where there's two or three, and that's how this moves forward, and that's how this continues to roll downhill. And uh, not to get too political on this, Bob, but at the end of the day, when you take a look at where most of these players and caddies call home, that's going to be a challenge moving forward. They live in Florida. They live in Arizona. Uh, these states are on fire 
again, these, these players are going to have to need, continue to do the uh, selfless act and continue to be responsible. So far, so good. In other news, Bob, uh, U.S. Open, not an open this year. We already reported on that. We have a uh, set now of qualifying standards in place of uh, how we know the field will look or how it will be assembled at this year's U.S. Open at Wingfoot in September. And as of right now, lefty in the field. They froze the official World Golf Rankings on March 15th. Uh, the U.S. Open is going to automatically allow the top 70 as part of the U.S. Open field. Mickelson, 61 in the world when that got froze. So maybe a Cinderella story? 2006, you and I were both there. Could you imagine what that would happen in New York that all these years later, 14 years later, he avenges the 18th hole at Wingfoot? Yeah, it would be a uh, storybook uh, ending on his 50th, what would have been his 50th birthday on the regular dates of it holding it. Uh, now at 50 years old, it's it's uh, it's opened the door uh, to get a number of people in. One of the beneficiaries is also Canada's Adam Hadwin, who gets gets in, gets a spot. Corey Connors was already in the field, so those two are definitely in there. And there's a bunch of other ways for players still to get in. If you are in the top 10 at uh, the tournaments, the upcoming tournaments, um, uh, Memorial and 3M and World Golf St. Jude, Barracuda, Wyndham, and you're not if you're in the top 10 and you are amongst the top two players not already qualified, you have a chance to get in. So there are still some, that's kind of like what the the Open Championship has used, that kind of a model. So there's still lots of ways to try and get into this tournament, but you're right, it's it's definitely not by qualifying. Well, that's Open it. qualifying. Open qualifying. All right, now speaking of Phil Mickelson qualifying and people in the field, look who's won off the pace, Bob, at the Travelers Championship. Are you kidding me? Lefty, who has not missed four cuts in a row, by the way, on the PGA Tour since 1993, trying to avoid uh, that streak uh, from repeating here. Uh, what is this, 27 years later? Not going to happen. He opens with a 64 today. Unbelievable. 64 from Lefty. Mackenzie Hughes, seven under par. He's on the golf course at the Travelers. He's got four holes left. Currently seven under. Ties him for the lead. In the clubhouse with a 63, Rory McIlroy. Bob and I will dive into numbers already posted here at the Travelers Championship. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC. First round, the Travelers Championship. Cronwall, Connecticut, TPC River Highlands. Bob, when we were breaking this down on Tuesday, we knew that this was going to be a birdie fest. This is a very fun golf course. Uh, volatility down the stretch on the leaderboard. The last uh, four or five here, almost anything can happen. Uh, we've got par fives that are gettable, drivable par fours, etc. Rory McIlroy. Puts it in the house at 63, highlighted by an eagle at 13, the par 5. 
Only the lone bogey on the card. Uh, quite the round for Rory. Looking to get something back going. Didn't have the, the week he wanted last week at RBC. Didn't have the Sunday he wanted at Colonial. But all signs pointing at go for Rory so far this week. And look at a very familiar name uh, for you and I here on top of this leaderboard. He's got four holes left to go, finishing on the front side. Mackenzie Hughes going out in 29 on that back side where there's all that action that we just referred to. Adds a birdie at the second, which was his 11th of the day. Now playing the par 5-6. Appears to be near or at the dance floor in two. Mackenzie Hughes, Bob, looking to get it to eight under par. Yeah, five uh, birdies in a row to finish off the front side. Six in seven hole stretch. And uh, this is uh, this is sort of getting back to what he was doing in the Honda Classic a couple of weeks before the uh, the shutdown, or a week, I guess, before the shutdown. So it's nice to see him playing well. He is, you know, he's just, I sort of said this about Nick Taylor a lot of times last year. Mackenzie Hughes is too good to be putting up the scores that he's been putting up for sort of the last year or so. He's had some good flurries in there. But, you know, he came off five consecutive missed cuts after when he got before he posted that that runner-up finish at the Honda Classic. So uh, I like to see this from Mackenzie. It's not really shocking to me, to be honest with you, and I hope he can, uh, you know, hope he can keep moving here. Yeah, uh, I, won't, I won't say I'm shocked either. I, maybe I'm shocked at how low this is. This is, this is going to potentially go super low, but I'm not surprised at all that he's playing well. To your point, Bob, he was, you know, a lot of our Canadian boys, including Mackenzie, were, tr- were tracking in the right di- direction previous to the plug being pulled. Uh, obviously, Nick Taylor, a winner, Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin, uh, Mackenzie Hughes at Honda. We had a lot of uh, Canadian flags headed in the right direction when we pulled the plug back on March 15th. One back of Rory and Mackenzie Hughes, Michael Thompson at 600. He's in the house with 64 alongside Phil Mickelson. Bob, Phil Mickelson, bogey-free, 64. He hit close to 90% of his greens in regulation and over 300 yards averaging uh, off the tee over 300 yards. So he's hitting bombs, which we all know uh, Scully's a big fan of. Uh, but (laughs) But more importantly... Avoiding the mistakes, avoiding the bogeys, which has kind of hampered him recently. It's not that he's lost firepower. It's not that he's lost the ability to make make birdies. He makes too many mistakes. And if you can hit 90% of your greens in regulation, that's how you limit the mistakes. You don't put the stress on trying to play from darkness. You don't put the stress on trying to get up and down constantly. And he's got one of the greatest short games we've ever seen. But... You know, there's a huge difference between 50% of your greens in regulation and 90% of your greens in re- regulation to play stress-free golf on a Thursday and Friday and make it to the weekend. Well, how about that group? McElroy, Mickelson, and DeChambeau uh, combined 7, 6, and 5 under par, and one bogey between all three of them. That was McElroy on the 16th hole when he misclubbed or underclubbed on the par 3 and wasn't able to get it up and down. So... <laughs> That's some pretty good golf out there. As you said, there might be some low scores on the scoreboard here before the end of the day. Uh, Sergio Garcia also in that group at 600 par. Uh, Bob, and he's got three to play still, Sergio. So Sergio carrying forward momentum from RBC uh, into this week, playing nicely. You mentioned DeChambeau in the group at five. Uh, Let's take a look at our uh, sit-em and starters uh, for the week. I started DeChambeau, and DeChambeau is five under par in the clubhouse, so uh, I guess not not too uh, big of a bold pick there on my behalf. I I just thought that sooner or later DeChambeau is going to get this thing done. 
And uh, this is the type of golf course, you know, considering a player like a ooh, Bubba Watson, for instance, won three times here with a couple of top fives. This is, you know, bombers do well here because of the volatility of uh, of the golf course and the ability to, you know, find some uh, low numbers down the stretch. I'm looking right now for my sit My sit was uh, Jason Kokrak. I'm unable to, oh, there he is. He is not yet to go. So my sit Kokrak, not on the golf course. Bob, you are starting JT Poston. He will go out as well this afternoon. So Poston, not on the golf course. You sat Siwoo Kim, and the last time I checked, he's minus two, yeah, two seventeen. That you know what though? That's you know what that you know that I hate to say this, but that might as well be even par right now. So I don't think you're too Could far be. off there. If you're shooting uh, two under, one under today, uh, you might be getting lapped. So uh, I know two under doesn't sound like uh, all that bad, but I think you're. Your gut is correct there that, you know, at the end of the, you know, we're looking at a, a cut line right now uh, through two rounds. If we were to project this at the end of day tomorrow, we're going to have a cut of like four or five hundred par if this keeps going. So 200 par, not all that great. And taking a look at uh, master producer Adam Scully, he picked Rose to play well this week. And, you know, I was all over Justin Rose last week, and I do think Rose is trending in the right direction. I just don't think Justin Rose is going to, this is just not the type of Justin Rose golf course uh, in terms of the type of week that, that maybe he breaks out. I believe Rose will go off as well this afternoon in the afternoon wave. And, and Scully sitting Casey, Paul Casey, who's off to a one under start. Uh, Casey playing well, but not exactly a Casey golf course as well, I believe was the way that uh, Adam Scully was going on this one. Who do you like this afternoon, Bob? Who do you think? Uh, I, I got to think that Corey Connors is going to continue to to play well, although I just this is not Corey style of golf, but I still think he'll have a decent week. He's just hitting it too well. I think uh, I think Corey will do okay. I think he's uh, he's got an interesting uh run that he's on right now where he's I think he's still feeling confident even though those two Sundays weren't necessarily the best for him you know Justin Thomas is out later this afternoon I'd like to keep an eye on him and see how he's doing um there's there's a few out there Dylan Fratelli had that great round last week was a 62 uh in his final round and Gary Woodland is also out on the the uh the course at uh, at 120 so those are a couple names to look forward to in the early afternoon and uh we'll probably get into the TV time as we get a little bit uh uh, closer to that broadcast at three o'clock on Golf Channel, and we should mention Bob that David Hearn now finding his way into this field as well with the uh, string of WDs from yesterday. Uh, Hearnsy now uh, in the field, and Hearn uh, one over par through seventeen holes. Also, Roger Sloan, another Canadian flag in the field. He's even now just starting his day on the tenth green. All right, on the other side. Nice little charity match coming up uh, June 30th, TPC Osprey Valley, a bit of a celebrity charity match. And TSN's own James uh, Duffy, along with uh, Jeff O'Neill, going to be representing the TSN flag in this charity event, uh, looking to donate uh, close to $60,000 for four different charities uh, in Canada. We will speak to James next about how this came about, how's he been practicing, Looking forward to it. When's the last time? Or if if James, I wonder, Bob, has ever played golf with a camera on him before. I'm curious of that. Mm. You know, I know he's done a lot of things in front of a camera. I wonder if swinging a club is one of them. We'll speak to James next. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to a Thursday daytime edition of Golf Talk Canada as we fill a Leafs lunch hole, which I believe we're going to continue to do through the month of July. A quick update on the Travelers Championship. Mackenzie Hughes now, your outright leader. He makes birdie on that par five. He's got three to go. He's got a one-shot lead on Rory McIlroy. A clean card at eight under par. Mackenzie Hughes just on fire in Cromwell, Connecticut. All right, interesting, fun event for a great cause coming next week here at TPC Toronto at Osprey Valley. 18-hole competition to raise $60,000 for some different charities. And it's got a TSN twist on it as our own James Duffy, along with the O-Dog Jeff O'Neill, will be taking on Leafs GM Kyle Dubas and Jerry D, one of uh, Canada's funniest individuals. Uh, joining us now, the lead anchor of everything tsn masters hockey cfl great cup uh, also the host of his own podcast james duffy joining bob and i now james thanks for jumping in and taking the time to do this with bob and i uh before we get into this and how this came about and whatnot have you been playing golf how is your golf game right now oh that's a uh, loaded question <laughs> <laughs> you can you can ask Weeksy. He played with me last week. It's uh, it's okay. I've kind of gone. I go. I I'm kind of on the streak of like break eighty, shoot ninety two, break eighty, shoot ninety two, shoot ninety one, break eighty. That's my last couple of weeks. So I would say I'm <laughs> I'm uh, I like to be. I think I'm an exciting golfer because you never know what you're going to get. I think Jeff O'Neill has a great perfect partner because every time I've played with you. You have you're like two under par for fifteen holes, and those other three holes are kind of nine. Th- what seven, what fills in your scorecard max, at the end? Max, max. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, this is this is a pretty cool event. Just just give us from your perspective how it all came together. Well, most of the credit goes to uh, TPC and and uh, Jeff Dykeman, who is a friend of mine, a golfing buddy of mine, a member of Kings Riding, and also represents me in some stuff. And you guys know Jeff well. And uh, and uh, Jeff was wanting to, wanting to do something like this for a while. And I think TPC was. Uh, I, I know your most of your listeners know TPC is this awesome. It used to be Osprey and. Uh, awesome facility uh, north of Toronto with 54 holes and and so Jeff approached me and uh, we came up with the I he's also good friends with Kyle Dubas which is where that came from and then uh, we were you know decided to pick partners and Odog who I've had a long-standing rivalry with I decided you know in these uh, in these times where uh, uh, everybody's being divisive I thought I'd unite 
me and Odog to challenge Dubas and his partner, Jerry Dean. So there you go. I think it's a bit of an answer to the match. I think, you know, Brady, Manning, <laughs> Tiger, Phil, I, I think it's, an, it's, it's a sort of similar level of star power, I would say. I think, um, you know, O is, I guess, O is the Brady. He did have one 40-goal season. Um, I don't know what any of us compared to any of the other three. So I'm just going to stop right there. Uh, James, we have a format. I was reading over some of the uh, materials and news releases, etc. It says teammates, etc. Mm-hmm. It gives me a, a, a great outline of the charities you guys are playing win, for. You'll, you'll be you. playing for frontline right workers. Hey, I should. Well, I would have I mean, picked you if I wanted to win. That's it. I was. I, <laughs> that would be it. The that's week. the no-brainer there, James. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Well, that's it. I, you know what? Bob and I are undefeated, so if the winner of this event wants to take on Bob and I in another charity event, we have yet to be uh, beaten. So just throwing that out there. No, all joking aside, uh, what is the format? How are you guys going to put this together? Are you guys playing uh, better ball, skins? What, what's the format? Okay, so if, if I have this straight, the first six holes are, that's better ball, right, where everybody just plays their own ball and the one score counts? Right? That's better ball or best ball? Yep. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, that's, that's the first No, best ball. Same thing. Yeah. First six. The next six is some sort of um, variation of scramble where you you, both, you take the best tee shot, but then both play their balls in. And then it's yep. better Chapman, ball score there. That's right. And then the last six are alternate shot. And that is where the real oh. drama, tension, and likely hatred between partners is going to happen. That's where I really fear. We, we call that uh, we call that divorce golf uh, yeah, in the I couples league at my is, golf club. It's just, people that, are doing <laughs> odds on this, and there is heavy gambling going on on this. Um, that that is a fifty-fifty shot that Odog walks off the course in the final six holes after I put him behind like, eight trees. <laughs> uh, now, if you were to if you were to handicap the four players in terms of who can throw out the best jabs, the best needles, mm-hmm. what you know of them, what would you say? Who's going to be number one there? Who's going to have the lowest handicap in that? I would regard? be the best prepared for that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I have lines already. You know, I'm going to say like I might not be the best golfer in the group, uh, but I know I'm the I'm the best comedian, and that is with Jerry D in the group. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, Jerry D will be good, I think. Although I don't know, you know, is most of his life scripted? All the funny stuff on Mr. D is that all scripted? Is it written by writers somewhere? Mm. How's he going to handle it without the writers? <laughs> o Dog is uh, O Dog has the way of chiming in a little greasy line that will really hurt. Usually they come to me though, his partner. I hope he can focus his energy on the opponents. And Dubas might be sneaky. <laughs> Dubas, like already on Twitter, Dubas has been sneaky good with the jabs. So I think he might be underrated on that, but might end up uh, near the top. I, I will be frank. I am, I am excited and a little bit terrified because golf is, is, is just different. I mean, you guys have experience. Aquino especially, you've done you know, shows. Bobby Weeks has done commercials where their cameras are on you. It's a whole, I could talk, you know, hockey or golf or football in front of 10 million people and my heartbeat wouldn't change a bit. But, you know, you put three cameras and like 15 people surrounding you the whole day wearing microphones and I'm not sure how my body will react to that. If my body doesn't react well, <laughs> it, may, it may go sideways in a hurry, literally and figuratively. 
Uh, you'll be fine. Just golf like nobody's watching, James. It's like dance. It's just like dancing. Just dance like nobody's watching. That's the same thing. All right. There's uh, four great charities. You'll be playing for uh, COVID relief frontline workers. $60,000 being raised. Uh, Osprey Valley, uh, June 30th. So this is next week. I'm next sure Tuesday, you'll be yeah. uh, sharpening the skills. Next Tuesday, to be exact. There you go. Sharpening the skills. Uh, you should visit ospreyvalley.com slash thefaceoff for more information. Uh, James, before we let you go, switching gears a little bit here. You're looking forward to hockey coming back. Uh, you've got concerns. What are your thoughts as they start to ramp up? You know, Bob and I, for the last, you know, month, we've been working a lot. And unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of the times we're talking about everything about golf that isn't on the golf course. That's why we're so happy to have golf, you know, Thursday to Sunday to actually talk about scores and, and players moving up and down a leaderboard. Right. Is your world going to start ramping up in that direction as well for you, where it's like, okay, we're going to be talking a lot about hockey, but we, we might be waiting a while before we're talking about actually pucks and, and pucks in net and standings, et cetera. Yeah, I'm still concerned about it, Mark. You know, I, I said from the beginning, as I'm sure you guys did, that I thought golf was sort of best suited to come back, and, and there's been issues with uh, golf, certainly uh, this week, especially already. Um, when you talk about sports like football and, and hockey and, and even baseball, it's just there's so many more athletes involved and so many more logistical issues that it's it's complicated. I, I still I want to be an optimist on this. I still think it's probably a 50-50 proposition that that we do this. I know the league is definitely determined. The Players Association is determined. But, you know, there were 11 positive tests in that couple-of-day span last week. I think the most dangerous time for hockey is the next few weeks when – Teams are still on their own. Players are skating, and there's no real control. I think if they can ever get to these two hub cities where they're going to play the playoffs, if they can ever get everyone there, I think they'll be okay because even if there are a couple of positive tests, you're able to maybe remove people in quarantine to an extent, and hopefully if you get everyone in there and they're negative and the isolation works to an extent, maybe you can prevent any positive test, particularly in Canada. I have my doubts about the states, and that's my one other comment I would make is I wish they would put both cities in Canada, like just not from a nationalistic standpoint, but where they are in the states right now with cases, does Vegas really make a lot of sense at this point when you have a place like Vancouver where there was 13 cases, I think, uh, yesterday or Tuesday. So it's just much more under control here. Um, but I think if they can get to that point, that we'll definitely be playing hockey sometime in, in early August. But it's the next few weeks that are really dangerous because if there's another massive wave of, of, of positive tests, then at what point does the Players Association and even the league say, maybe we can't pull this off? Well, fingers crossed, and I think you're bang on with the city selection. It's like, why add another element that you don't need to in the equation when there are cities that are already under control? So, uh, James, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with Bob and I. And congratulations on, on uh, putting this together next week for a great cause. So, you know, have fun. Enjoy it. I'm sure you'll have a blast, and uh, we'll be uh, keeping our eye on. We'll be on the air next Tuesday uh, when this match is going on. So you maybe guys we can just basically, uh, figure out a way to get some updates. Live play by play because that's all all your listeners are going to be. They're, they're going to be they're going to be riveted to this still to be determined is whether i will try my tight lie flop shot that i learned from mark zacchino on his valuable youtube lessons even though i still don't have a wedge with well, i don't have a wedge with low bounce yet so a dangerous play 
But imagine on you 18. you got to get that fixed. James is like 10 yards in front of the green, and he needs to go high. Does he summon up? Sum up. Summon up. Summon up. Does he? Does he do? The, <laughs> does he do the casino move? That's uh, I, that's some of the great drama that we may see. See you guys. Oh, we are building thanks, the excitement, James. Thanks so much. Have a great week and uh, play well next week. On right, the good. other side, so much to get to. We got to get you caught up on what's happening with Mackenzie Hughes the Travelers Championship. Also, there is another event going on. Corn Ferry Tour continues to march forward uh, with the Utah Championship. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Let's get you caught up on leaderboard action from the world of golf. Brought to you by Cedarbrae Golf Club, award-winning championship golf in the scenic Rouge Valley. Just minutes from downtown Toronto. Flexible, affordable, memorable. There has never been a better time to join Cedarbrae Golf Club. Visit cedarbraegolf.com for more information. I was able to play Cedarbrae once so far this year. Outstanding condition. The patio is opening, the course is rocking, and they've had a successful season just like the rest of the Ontario golf community. So well done up there at Cedarbrae. And still lots of great opportunities if you're looking to join. Utah Championship is the Corn Ferry stop this week. And Ryan Ruffles is your leader at five under par, a host of players right now at four under. They are early in the Opening round on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, Canadian content in this one. Taylor Penrith and Stuart McDonald. They're at even par through seven holes. And Ben Silverman, even par. He is yet to tee off. Silverman will go on in the afternoon wave alongside Mike Weir. Mike's about an hour behind Ben Silverman. As Mike really prepares, gets ready, and tries to stay sharp for the reboot of the Champions Tour season. You want to talk Canadian content? How's back-to-back birdies late in his first round for Mackenzie Hughes, who is finishing up on the front side. Hughes with birdies at the six hole, the par five, follows it up by rolling in a 12-footer at the par four seventh. Mackenzie Hughes is now nine under par, bogey-free, two holes to go. That is good for a two-shot lead clear of Rory McIlroy in the clubhouse at 63. Bob, you and I... Both suggested that this was going to be a birdie paradise, a birdie barrage. I like the Bombers this week. I, I kind of leaned on the Bombers. But I was also looking at guys that average a lot of birdies around, and that's how I kind of came up with Bryson DeChambeau. Also why, you know, never mind the fact that he's also trending in the right direction. But uh, we were expecting low scores. I wasn't thinking this low across the board, however, this early. <laughs> Well, uh, listen, Mackenzie Hughes. I know he's got a he's got a thirty one footer on the uh, on his seventeenth hole, but if he goes birdie birdie, it's fifty nine. There's only a par seventy golf course, so there's a fifty nine watch. In the flag is up. Um, 
he's he's rolled in a couple of 30 footers already today so you don't know you never know he may just do this and that would that would still not even be uh the lowest score at this golf tournament because jim furick in 2016 shot 58 so imagine that shooting 59 well you're one off the record actually but uh, uh nice to see nice to see mac uh playing well and and his uh his putter is obviously red hot he's um Strokes gained, he's number one right now with uh, like four shots up on the field. So that's that's pretty good when you're rolling them in like that. Yeah, those strokes gained numbers are obscene. Four strokes better than the field in one round of golf. Occasionally, just to give you guys a, a, an example of how good that is, quite often the winner at the end of the week, a cumulative four rounds will be strokes gained uh, 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 of plus four. Mackenzie Hughes is strokes gained plus four. 18 holes against the field right now. Never mind, 16 holes against the field right now. So uh, very impressive day for Mackenzie Hughes and a really solid day for Rory McIlroy and some other big names as well, including Phil Mickelson, the house at 64, Sergio Garcia at 6-under, 1 to play, Bryson DeChambeau, 5-under, to Bob's point earlier in the show. How about that marquee group in a featured uh, broadcast? You've got... Sergio Garcia, uh, sorry, excuse me, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, and Rory McIlroy combining for 18 under par in the opening round. Can you imagine, Bob, what their better ball would have looked like? <laughs> Man, that would be scary. That would in be fact, scary. That's On the other side, Bob, we're going to run that interview that uh, Scully did with uh, Brandon Little. And uh, during that interview, when we run that, I'm going to crunch some numbers and uh, do, uh, do the best ball. For that group just to see what we would have got today it would be uh, probably very very scary uh 20 weeks of tailor-made is continuing this week bob and i gave away what did we give away bob i don't even remember do you recall what we gave away i know what we're giving away this upcoming week was it the Ma oh was the bob weeks max uh sim max driver we gave away last week Wow, that's good. See, it's probably hopefully. Oh, he just made the birdie by the way by the way mac hughes oh. just made a birdie he's got a birdie on the ninth hole to shoot 59 Wow! What a round watch. of golf! <laughs> what well, a round uh, of golf! He just rolled in a thirty-footer. Unbelievable! This is crazy. What a putting performance! I can't wait to see the numbers, Bob, on feats made. His strokes gain just moved to four point nine seven five, almost five strokes better than the field through seventeen holes. Incredible! Yeah, the feat made of putts is going to be ob obscene on this round of golf for Mackenzie Hughes. Come on, Mac! Let's see a fifty-nine. What a story! Um, this week, 20 Weeks TaylorMade, we're giving away a truss putter from TaylorMade. That's right. That's the new truss putter. If you like a blade, if you like a more traditional look, but do not want to give up all the technology that goes into the uh, current modern TaylorMade product, the truss product is for you. Because from the top, it looks super clean. But when you actually take a closer look at it and flip it over, uh, not at a dress, but from behind, you see all the technology that's gone in this putter to increase the MOI. It's, it's a nice blend of uh, a classic look with all the modern day technology built into one. How do you win this? Follow us, social media, at Golf Talk Canada. That's Twitter and Instagram, at Golf Talk Canada. We're going to give away a trust putter, and we're going to give away close to 20000 in product throughout the entire summer on 20 Weeks TaylorMade, the grand prize, U.S. Open Week, full set, through the bag, tour experience. You'll be treated like a tour pro for the day, and a full set, through the bag, of TaylorMade golf clubs, bag, the whole kit, and caboodle. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the summer. If you're watching the broadcast this week, and, and keep in mind, Saturday, Sunday coverage, like all PGA Tour events, right up to the Tour Championship, 
You can watch them on CTV2 and TSN. If you're watching the broadcast this week, you're going to see Team TaylorMade wearing a very cool cap that is uh, celebrating Iron Week uh, for Team TaylorMade. It's got a great logo on the front in the shape of an iron head with the TaylorMade T kind of uh, in the center. It's a very cool logo. We're going to give away those hats on Saturday morning in our usual 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. time slot on Golf Talk Canada. So we're going to give them away Saturday morning. we got a few of them to hand out. They're very cool, limited edition. If you can get your hands on one, uh, very cool-looking lid, and you can see it in the broadcast this week from Team TaylorMade. Okay, we've got a 59 watch on Mackenzie Hughes. The story was Mackenzie Hughes in the lead, and Mackenzie Hughes ahead of Rory McIlroy. Now the story is... Can Mackenzie Hughes add one more for a 59 to close out his opening round? On the other side, we will hear from Brandon Little, who is the caddy of uh, Gary Woodland, uh, U.S. Open champion. He's on the bag for Gary Woodland again this year. And, of course, former caddy of Mike Weir. We'll hear that interview with Adam Scully coming up on the other side and hopefully, hopefully give you news that we have a 59, which would be the second Canadian flag to shoot 59 on the PGA Tour in history. Let's fingers crossed. I got everything on my body crossed, Bob. You crossing everything right now, Weeksy? I've got it all to my toes, everything, right right down every inch. <laughs> don't, don't hurt anything. Don't break anything. All right. We'll do <laughs> okay. it coming up next. 60 more minutes of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. Stay tuned for 60 more minutes of GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Hour 2 Golf Talk Canada. Mackenzie Hughes left rough on the ninth hole, his final hole of the day. He's got a great angle into a back right hole location of only 92 yards. He gets up and down from 92 yards. Bob, we've got a 59. I guess, Bob, this all depends. Lie dependent from 92 yards on that angle. If he's got a decent lie, I expect to see that inside 15 feet, No. I expect to see it in the hole for 58 to tie Jim Furyk. <laughs> Nothing less will be acceptable. Oh, I'm sorry. See, you see, we're never happy. We are never happy. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Uh, well, you know who's happy? Uh, Rand Little, who is a Canada's own. Of course, he was on the bag for uh, Mike Weir uh, through Mike's great success. And last year and this year on the bag for Gary Woodland. Of course, last year, huge year. Pebble Beach, Gary Woodland with it, with the major uh, at, at Pebble, an outstanding 2019, but obviously a very different 2020 so far. Our producer, Adam Scully, had an opportunity to speak to Brandon about the year that is so far, what it's like in the COVID world on the PGA Tour, and a day in the life of Gary Woodland. 
And we're pleased to be joined by Brennan Little, who's currently caddying on the PGA Tour for Gary Woodland. And of course, he was on the bag as Mike Weir's caddy when he won the 2003 Masters. Brennan, welcome to the show. Scott, thanks for having me. It's been a while, my man. I'm, uh, hopefully you're doing well. We're just two weeks uh, into the PGA Tour restart. What's it been like for you as a caddy? Have the weeks been different? If so, how different have they been? Yeah, they haven't been a lot different, actually. Um, it, they've been a lot easier as far as logistically getting around um, traffic in towns, parking. The hospitality for us has been great because they haven't had any hospitality in the clubhouse. So we've had, uh, we've had great location. Um, you know, like I say, the parking's been good. I'm in Hartford this week. We were in Dallas a couple weeks ago, even Hilton head last week. Uh, it's nice to be able to get to the golf course in five or 10 minutes when normally it's 30. Yeah. And it's also a lot easier, um, time wise. It's been great because when you don't have fans, I mean, they don't sign autographs. It's easier to get to the range practice rounds go faster. So, Unfortunately, we don't have the fans, which makes it a little more exciting. But the good part is, uh, time-wise, it's uh, it's a lot easier for us. Oh, that's good. That's good. Now, unfortunately, there have been some positive tests for COVID-19. Now, I'm assuming you have obviously been tested. Players have posted videos online of just how uncomfortable they look. Are they? Are the testing as weird as as it appears to, to the viewer like myself watching it? Yeah, you know, it's the last, the first one's always weird because they put it so far up your nose and then they kind of turn it. Um, the second and third ones were kind of okay because if it's only like up there for two or three seconds and then this week, uh, normally what happens is when you get to the tournament, you get on Monday, they have a mobile testing unit at the facility. So you have to test and then you have to kind of wait about 90 minutes until you get your results. Um, and this week, Gary and I, we, we ended up driving in, got the, got the test, and they kept it up there for 10 seconds. And you kind of tip your head back, and you just kind of hold your breath, and you're like, okay, go, go. And I was like, okay, enough. And she was like, well, this lab wants 10 seconds. And I was like, holy smoke. So the three seconds isn't too bad, but you kind of get used to it after a while. But it's not, uh, it's not something I'd really you know, want to have done just for fun. No, definitely not. It looks so uncomfortable to see. Now, one of the yeah. hot topics uh, so far is miking up players. Would you be okay, or what would your status be if, if someone asked you and Gary to be mic'd up? Uh, I don't think he would do it, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, I, I think, first of all, if you do do it, you're basically miking the whole group. Right. So to ask one person to do it, um, you know, if you're sitting there talking to guys walking down the fairway, you're, everyone in the whole group is being put on the mic. So I don't think it's really fair to ask one guy. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as me watching TV and being a viewer, I think it's great because I think you get a little bit of insight. You can hear what players and caddies are talking about. You can hear what, you know, see what players are thinking, you know, what kind of shots. So I, I do think it's good. I just don't think it's fair unless the entire group agrees to it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I agree with that. With the, there have been some uh, interesting moments so far on the PGA Tour. One of the first shots shown on Golf Channel, you could hear a Brooks Kepka F-bomb because the, there are no fans around. But funny stuff like that's going to happen on the PGA Tour in the next couple of weeks, uh, I'm sure. Now, you and Gary, you've got a solid start in the restart. Uh, ninth place finish at the Charles Schwab Challenge and made the cut last week at Harbor Town. How would you assess how the first two weeks have gone? Uh, I thought the first week played really well. Uh, he hasn't, his short game's actually been pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
and his putting's been really well. He just he just actually moved into the top fifty in putting, which for him is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't hit the ball as, as well as he could have last week. Uh, he had a couple foul balls, a couple OBs, and so I you know normally his ball striking is his strength. Um, so if he can just if he can keep his short game and his putting up, he'll be fine. Uh, last week obviously wasn't very good, but mm-hmm. you know it's going to be a, a pretty jam packed schedule here, so you need to play well here in the next little bit. There's just not a lot of time until the tour championship. Yeah, that's for sure. There's definitely not a lot of time at all. Now, how much were you and Gary in touch during uh, the quarantine period? Uh, We were in touch quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I went down there. No, I'm sorry. I did not go down. I went to Kansas. Mm -hmm. I drove up to Kansas um, living in Dallas the week before we played and just played golf for two or three days with him. But um, I talked to him a little bit. Uh, he sent me some videos and some stuff he was working on, mainly mainly putting downstairs at his house, right? Um, taking some swings. I mean, he was in Florida for a month and a half and really couldn't play any golf yeah. because they were closed. So he ended up going to Kansas, which was open. Um, you know, one of the ranges was kind of open. He hit some balls. But, you know, I think really it's, it's the first time a lot of these guys have taken two months off of golf because they just couldn't play. So I think in the long run, I think it's it's good for all of them because they can kind of reassess things. And I think for Gary, it was good. I think he really um, got to work on his putting and not have to work about, not have to play golf. And, and you know, he, he obviously lost a lot of weight. So I think it was really good um, in the long run, but he's just, you know, you got to get back into the play mode now. In conversation here with PJ Tour caddy Brennan Little, who's on the bag for Gary Woodland. You mentioned it right there, the weight loss. I was just going to ask you about that. Were you aware of how much weight he, he had lost? And I'm sure he looks great up close. He's lost, what, 20 or 25 pounds? Yeah, he lost about 25. Um, I, you know, he's got to put a little bit of weight back on. He's not his, his club speed's not quite what he wants it to be. But, you know, it's easy when you're at home and you're working out. And, you know, his wife's there cooking him some healthy meals, um, you know, not traveling. So, you know, he, he kind of, when he does stuff, he kind of goes all out. So he went to really working out a lot to eating really clean to very few desserts and drinks. So it was a pretty big change for him. But I think he realizes that it's not going to be that way once you get on the road and, you know, you get, you get done late one night and you have to eat, you know, you have to eat and then get to bed and, you can't work out one day because you're tired. So he'll be fine, but he's, he did lose a lot of weight. He was, he was pretty strict with everything he was doing. Before we get to the great year that you and Gary had in 2019, I'd love to hear about a week in the life of a PGA tour caddy on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, specifically before a tournament, just how much preparation is there for you and how much work are you putting into the yardage books on a weekly basis? Well, okay. There's, there's two different things. If you, if you're at a course, if we're going to a tournament where I've been a lot of times, um, you're not putting as much in because you know, the golf course, the yardage books now are just so good. You have your regular yardage book and then you have your greens book, which is, is just the green contours and it has arrows where the pucks are going. Um, you know, with shot link now, we know the exact hole locations in the greens book. So, the major weeks are a lot longer and a lot more difficult than your regular weeks. But the green books and the, and the yardage books are really, really good now. So the old days of going shooting sprinkler heads and getting runouts and, and a lot of the stuff that took time, you don't have to do anymore. 
CTS is taking care of all that. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, whenever I play golf and I forget my bush, no, I, I'm, I'm like a deer in the headlights. I have no idea how far anything is. So uh, you, you guys do such a great job on tour. It's it's such a, a challenging uh, job to do. So uh, kudos for that. So let's go to 2019 U.S. Open Pebble Beach. Does it get any better than that? How special was it to help Gary win his first major, but for you, your second career major? Yeah, no, it was it was incredible. Um, the first time in, in 03 with Weirsy, uh, I'd only been caddying for three or four years and he, you know, obviously had a lot of success that year. We were both young. This was, you know, 17 years difference or 16 years apart, totally different times. Um, and you know, totally different time in my life and a totally different golfer. Um, and Gary just had really been improving and, it's nice to see hard work pay off, you know, when, when both of us are out there more so for him, me seeing him and his hard work um, and his dedication. It's and then to do it at Pebble beach and the U S open. I mean, it was incredible. And like I told him that week, he, he, he was in a zone that week. Like I'd never seen mentally. He was just, he was just even keeled. Nothing seemed to bother him. Um, we had gone in on Sunday, played a practice round, he got a lot of work done. His coaches were there. He felt really comfortable all week. And I told him Saturday after the round, I said, I don't care what happens tomorrow. If you keep this attitude, I said, I, this is something I've really never seen. So just keep playing. And sure enough, he, uh, you know, I hope he can get in that zone a little more often, but yeah, it was incredible. It's two great places to win. We're in conversation here with Brennan Little, the caddy for Gary Woodland on the PGA Tour. Another great event for you guys last year was the President's Cup at Royal Melbourne, and obviously a very different course than the majority of places here in North America. What was it like for you guys to learn a course like that? Uh, yeah, I tell you what, it was incredible. That that golf course actually took a lot. That was one of the harder golf courses to learn, I think. Mm -hmm. It didn't help us getting there so late and not really having practice rounds. I think um, home course advantage there, that's, that's probably one of the, the, the greatest advantages you can have in golf because it's, it's an unbelievable golf course. It really took the U.S. team a while to, you know, talk to everyone and, and get a feel of where to play it because it's amazing some of the shots you could hit. I mean, it, it, there was just so many different clubs you could play. Uh, really, really one of the better golf courses uh, I've been around. I mean, it, it wasn't the prettiest but as far as playing golf and the shots you had to hit, it was it was amazing. Oh, 100%. Brendan, thanks so much for your time today. Anytime. Really appreciate it. Uh, send our best to Gary, and uh, good luck this week. Okay, Skulls, we'll do. Thanks, Mike. Well, I got to tell you, first of all, uh, Brandon Little, thanks for spending some time with Adam. Always great to uh, jump in with the, the bag men on the PGA Tour. They give you a different aspect, a different look, a different angle on on maybe the world that is the professional golf tour than we get from the players when we have uh players on time uh, from time to time and chime in with them and the second thing i take from that interview uh yours truly getting his first uh covid-19 test next wednesday when i arrive on site at Detroit for my duties for PGA Tour Radio. Not looking forward to that experience. I can guarantee you that. Glad I'm able to work. Glad we're doing things properly. Not looking forward to those three seconds of the nose swab. All right. On the other side, we will get you caught up uh, to date on the Travelers Championship. Was there a Canadian 59? We'll find out next. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Jumping in now, Adam Scully. Adam was going to join Bob and I for a roundtable regardless to discuss uh, who uh, might be the most underrated player right now on the PGA Tour because we've talked about the opposite uh, kind of really for the last few weeks ever since Sergio was kind of pegged with that uh, title. Um, but we've kind of been thrown a curveball here, Scully, uh, in the sense that you know, we didn't think there would be a Canadian 59 watch at this point. I'm not surprised that we have a Canadian playing well. Mackenzie Hughes, Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, all playing great before we pulled the plug March 15th on the PGA Tour. So no surprise they're playing well. But 59 is another level. Mackenzie Hughes, 92 yards for his approach on the 18th green, uh, excuse me, the 9th green, his 18th of the day. Not the best approach from 92 yards. He hits it to 40 feet. You'd probably like to have that one back. Misses the 40-footer, taps it in for a round of 60, a brilliant opening round for Mackenzie Hughes. If I, I bet you he'd like that second one back. Uh, again, a lot of it lie-dependent, I'm sure. Would love to have a look on the lie. Bob has scooted off to jump in on the presser for Mackenzie Hughes. Who knows, maybe we can get that audio to air before the end of today. It's going to be close, probably mm -hmm. unlikely, but there's a chance we might get that audio from Mackenzie Hughes. If we do, we promise we will run it for you. Scully, 83% of his greens in regulation. 316 yards averaging off the tee. Strokes gained putting, 5.002. Five strokes better than the rest of the field in one round. Are you kidding me? Mackenzie Hughes skulls on fire today. Certainly is on fire, and you mentioned a curveball. What a great curveball for us to get. And this is the beauty of us doing these shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, June and into July as well, that we get to talk about live golf and situations like this. Going through Mackenzie Hughes' birdies so far, or during his first round, uh, 30 feet, 14 feet, 12 feet, 13 feet, 2 feet, 31 feet. You know, you get the gist of it. He was making some absolute bombs throughout the day on Thursday here to shoot uh, 10 under 60. Now, the only time he has shot lower than 63 on tour was at the 2016 RSM Classic. He opened with 61. And, Mark, what did he do that week? Ooh, I he think went he on to won. Win. Yes, yes, sir. I he went won. On, won in the playoff. That's correct. I love it. You're right. Some of these strings are incredible. I'm trying to get uh, some stats uh, right now on his uh, total feet made in putts. My... Uh, my shot tracer this morning is acting up funny on mm. me. Normally, I'd be able to pull those uh, feet uh, of putts made. I don't know if you could do the quick math on that, Scully. I'm not sure. I'm I can work on it for sure. All right. Uh, by the way, I don't know if uh, you uh, recalled earlier in the show, I said I would do some math on uh, yes. best ball. 
of Rory McIlroy, Phil Mickelson, and Bryson DeChambeau, who collectively shot 18 under par as a group today. Their best ball, 58, matching <laughs> Jim Furyk's course record. <laughs> <laughs> So there was a few holes where they popped in some extras, uh, but not a lot of ham and egging in 18 under par. They were both kind of birdying the same holes uh, and, and taking advantage of the places you're supposed to take advantage. Great golf for them. Mm-hmm. Scully, before we get into the discussion of maybe who we feel is the most uh, underrated player on the PGA Tour or one of, before we go there, any surprises for you so far on this leaderboard? You know, for me, uh, the only surprise is, I, like I said to Bob, we all expected birdies in this tournament. That's why we went with the guys that we were going to go with. You needed to have a, a strong birdie per average uh, statistic on the PGA Tour. You're not going to go out there and just not make mistakes and win this golf tournament. We knew that this was going to be a shootout and a lot of excitement coming down the stretch. I leaned with with the Bombers this week because I just have seen this golf course even though it is a short golf course, the volatility of this golf course and, and the, the ways you can kind of make eagles and find low scores, I, I like the Bombers here. Uh, but are you surprised as well as I am as how low they're going? And also, uh, any names uh, come to a surprise for you on this leaderboard so far? Yeah, I mean, the biggest name for me in the first round, and he, he's finished his round now, six under 64, Sergio Garcia. Yes, he finished last week 65, 65, 65, playing some great golf. But you know Sergio, sometimes he'll play a great round, and then the next round, like you're wondering if he's, if he's, if he's ever touched a club before. You know, it's that sort of up and down with Sergio. He's off to a great start, just four shots off the lead. How about Mackenzie Hughes? This round, 10 under 60, unbelievable. Rory McIlroy who last week at the RBC Heritage was average. He had moments of some good shots, and then he was just sort of mediocre throughout the entire week. But great to see him in the mix. And as you and Bob mentioned as well, lefty Phil Mickelson. He's not donning the Aviators today. Maybe that's a good call. (laughs) Six under 64. He's four shots off the lead. And Mark, I know before we get to this underrated chat, you actually had the honor of calling the only Canadian 59 in PGA Tour history, Adam Hadwin back in 2017. No one else could say that, that that in Canada, they called the 59 shot by Adam Hadwin. What do you remember most about that round and that day? I just remember being nervous. And uh, and, and we didn't have coverage uh, on that golf course, just like TV. So we missed most of that round on the radio team because how the radio works is we work off the same satellite uh, feed as the TV uh, uh, broadcast, Adam. Mm-hmm. So if TV doesn't have satellite coverage there, uh, we don't. Now, on occasion, we will run over and cover a golf course when we're at the Bob Hope or where we're at the AT&T when we're dealing with like multiple golf courses. Occasionally, we will run over with our gear that has a recording device that doesn't work off a satellite and record calls on tape and send them back to the mother mothership. Mm. Um we weren't doing that that day. We only had coverage, I believe, on the stadium course and the Nicholas course. We were not right. over it. I think, was that Indian Wells or Bermuda Dunes? I can't recall uh, where the third course was. They change it so often. But anyway, uh, make a long story short, we got over there with a few holes left to play. And it was kind of just in time to have coverage on that golf course to shoot that 59. And I remember you know, him missing the green <laughs> on the last hole long. 
And he needed to get up and down for that 59. And there was meat on the bone. It was not a kick in for 59. It was a good seven feet coming back the other way. He needed to put a good stroke on that for 59. And he did it. Canadian golf history. Very cool moment for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll never forget that. We should mention Roger Sloan, Adam, has just started his round. More Canadian uh, movement. He is three under through five holes already. Roger Sloan. So Team Canada. El Fuego today. Love to see it. <laughs> All right, we don't have much time for this chat. Uh, we got a little derailed. Uh, do you want to save it for another day, Adam? Yeah, you, you know, Mark, let's, uh, let's either save it for Saturday or we yeah. can save it for next week, for sure. Yeah, let's save it. Yeah, maybe Saturday morning let's do it because I know Weeksy had some opinions on it, too. Mm-hmm. And we only got about a minute and a half, two minutes left. Hey, listen, it's not every day that there's a Canadian flag about to shoot 59 or an opportunity. So you know what? That's what live radio and live TV and what is all about, right? So this is good. Yeah. This is a good thing. We'll save it. I know on the other side, we're going to run uh, uh, some audio from, mm-hmm. uh, from, from the morning wave. I believe it's from the morning wave. I'm all off track here now, Adam. So, so, so the audio we're going to run, it's oh, guys. Yes, yes. So, so guys yes. who teed off probably 40 minutes or so ago. Yes, who had some, uh, basically the state of, uh, talking a little bit about the state of their game coming into this and, and also, uh, basically, I'm sure some opinions here on, on, on the COVID world that they're living in right now as well. So we'll hear from Bubba Watson, who's a three time champion at this event. Justin Thomas, who has done everything but win. This year, mm-hmm. amazing that he has not found a W yet. And Jordan Spieth on being back at the Travelers Championship, one of the one of the sites of one of his most exciting moments in, in winning. Do you recall the bunker wow. shot on eighteen, Adam? That was yeah. You know, re- no, I was just gonna say that they've. Uh, I, I've seen a couple times, and he was actually asked about. I believe he actually speaks about it in the audio. We're gonna hear in a couple of minutes. I remember where I was watching that shot. Sort of a. Not a one in a million shot, but in that scenario, in a playoff to hold a shot, and the PGA Tour actually tweeted out another angle. It was almost a slow mo side view shot where where Michael Greller, his caddy, chucks the rake and Spieth almost drills Greller, throwing his club, and then they go for the awkward <laughs> sort of jump into each other, and no one fell. But that was one of the shots of the year that year for Jordan Spieth and and in the golf world. And we'll see if Jordan can get that mojo going again this week at the Travelers Championship. All right. Well, we'll see it and we'll hear from Jordan coming up on the other side and we'll keep our eye on Weeksy. We'll stay in contact with Bob and uh, the presser for um, mm-hmm. uh, Mackenzie Hughes. If we can get that audio to you, we will. If not, uh, maybe we can chime in with Bob uh, one more time before we yep. sign off for the day and, and get Bob's take on uh, what he heard from Mackenzie Hughes. On the other side, Bubba Watson, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations, whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully in for Bob Weeks. Exciting turn of events at the Travelers Championship. Mackenzie Hughes with the lead. He shoots 60, 10 under par, a 59 watch on most of the backside. It came down to a 40-footer on the 18th green. Ends up being a tap in par, and Mackenzie Hughes will be your leader heading to Friday with a brilliant opening round. And Weeksy trying to grab some audio and sit on the presser now for Mackenzie Hughes. Um, Bubba Watson, Adam. Uh, this is the reason why we think Bombers can do well here at TPC River, River Highlands. He's uh, got a, a three victories in this event, a large bucket of top tens. He always seems to contend here. He's even par through four holes today. Uh, not the start he was looking for, certainly with a 60 up there on the board. But um, <laughs> Bubba's a weird cat. He either feels comfortable at a golf course or he doesn't. There's not a lot of gray in his world, is there? You know, there really isn't. And, you know, Bubba Watson's one of the, you know, when he came, first came out on tour and sort of right before he won the Masters of the first time in 2012, he would always, on social media, he would say, I'm playing Bubba golf. I do things my own way. And he really does. He never really hits a straight shot. He's either curving it dramatically right to left or left to right. He hits a lot of cuts off the tee. He sort of marches the beat of his own drum, if you will. And uh, yeah, there's a couple courses that he just sort of dominates. He's won twice at Augusta National, the Travelers Championship. He's had great success. His first win coming in 2010. Riviera, he's had some success. And his putting is always, you would think actually, Mark, that the British Open would be a great fit for Bubba because you have to hit all these creative shots. But whenever he goes overseas, it just seems like his head's not in the game, you know? Yeah, and I wonder, a lot of his success has come on very undulating fast greens, i.e. Uh, Augusta National. Uh, TPC River Highlands has a lot of movement in their putting surfaces, etc. And I'm wondering, it, he has a very passive putting stroke, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if he gets over overseas, a little slower greens, a lot of those surfaces have a lot more kind of nuance to them, especially in the English rota as opposed to the Irish uh, or the Scottish rota. And I'm just wondering if that has potentially something to do with it. Or to your point, Adam, he's just one of those guys. He just gets quirky. And when he's comfortable, he's comfortable. And when he's not, he's not. He spoke to the media about an interesting exchange he had with Doug uh, Ferguson from the Associated Press. Okay, let's go back to Doug Ferguson. Here we go. (laughs) Do Do you care who you play with? Do I? Yeah, I mean, when you when the when the sheet comes out on Tuesday or whenever, and and does it matter to you? You want me to answer that PC, or you want me to answer that truthfully? Mm, truthfully. Okay. Yes, it matters tremendously. Uh, there's guys, there's guys that are, you know, a shot, maybe a two shot penalty when you see their name on that on that sheet. Maybe that's what they say about me too. So I guess I guess it works both ways. But um, you know, I, I like to have fun and and be energetic and. Um, you know, it's it's when you see a certain name, you know you can joke around, you know you can have fun, and, and kind of get away from the the stress and not talking and just walking down the fairway. And so, you know, I, yeah, I look forward to seeing who the pairings are. And sometimes I I start praying early, trying to get a good one. That's <laughs> some pretty interesting <laughs> comments there. And you know what, I I think. Interesting guy to ask Adam because if there's one player where it might go just as severe the other way, Bubba can be, you know up and down guy, wears his emotions on his sleeve. He can be jittery. I'm sure there's some guys looking at the draw going, please don't give me Bubba. Yeah, as as he was saying, it sort of works both ways. And, you know, there are obviously some guys who get along very well with Bubba, and there are guys who don't. You know, I've never heard someone be 
that honest and say, if, if I'm playing with player X, it's a one or two shot penalty. I've heard people say that about Tiger Woods, but only because of the crowds. You know, remember Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas had similar comments a year or two ago when they were saying, just because there's so much movement when Tiger putts out, fans are running to the next hole because they just want to see Tiger play. So some very honest comments from Bubba. Yes, he can rub some people the wrong way, but great to see him, uh, uh, you know, be honest with that. And on a completely other note, I've been doing some math on Mackenzie Hughes. If my math is correct, which it might not be, uh, I have it. He's <laughs> made over 173 of put, 173 feet of putts in round one. That's what I have. That- is absolutely insane oh my lord well well there you go 170 that that's i don't even know where <laughs> where to put that that that's that's astronomical if you think about it adam that is just unbelievable and i'm sure it goes in line with the strokes gain number that we were referring to all right justin thomas hasn't won since the reboot but has played exceptionally well has two wins so far this year on the pga tour seven top tens second in the fedex cup uh, continues to play well. He is uh, even par early in his opening round here at TPC River Highlands. Justin Thomas had an opportunity to speak with the media. I feel very good about my game. I've been working really hard. I've I've been trending the the right direction. I feel like and and continuing to just get a little bit better and better uh, each and every week. And um, yeah, I'm excited to come here. I, I lo- absolutely love this golf course. I have not played it very well for how much I enjoy it, other than than one year. I feel like, but. Um, usually after the week after the u.s open so i'm gonna maybe i'll blame a little bit on fatigue from that but for the most part i just haven't performed very well so uh yeah i'm excited to give it a shot this year and hopefully we can uh you know we can have a chance well there you go see if he has a chance he's playing well he must feel comfortable on every golf course Mm -hmm. now someone who has seemed to have turned it around scully and you know i want to don't want to put too much weight in just a couple of starts on this reboot but we knew that there was going to be certain players that were working very hard in this uh, layoff and others that would might take the advantage to maybe enjoy some family, put their feet up, etc. But more importantly, I said earlier, there's two things that I think are going to benefit from this break. Tiger Woods back, Jordan Spieth's brain. Mm-hmm. So far, we don't know if I'm right on the first one, but I think I'm pretty accurate on the second one. I think the break, the time away from the game to, to, to get away from the spotlight that is the PGA Tour each week and the microscope that his game is under, I think it's been real beneficial for him, Adam. You know what? I couldn't agree more. And when Jordan Spieth first came on the scene, we there's uh, memories of that great holeout he had in 2013 at the John Deere Classic en route to his victory, his first career PGA Tour win, making the President's Cup team in 2013, his historic 2015 season when everything everything seemed to go in the hole. And then, you know, he wins the Open Championship in 2017 with that high right miss that we've discussed many times that also cost him at the 2016 Masters. And then his game sort of just, it it seemed uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to watch. Over short putts, there were a lot of, you know, extra forward presses. He seemed very jittery. He was missing it both ways off the tee and into the greens. And then his weekend performances have just been puzzling, to say the least. But yeah, during this restart, three rounds in the 60s at the Charles Schwab Challenge, two rounds in the 60s last week at the RBC Heritage. He's two under through four holes thus far today in the opening round of the Travelers Championship. And as we mentioned in the, in the last segment, great memories at this golf course holding out in the bunker to win just a few years ago. 
Well, horses for courses. We'll see if he can get the magic going again this week. Jordan Spieth also spoke to the media. Yeah, these first three weeks are all courses that I really enjoy playing, uh, which is obviously a good scenario coming out of a big break. So uh, I feel like I got some rust off in the last couple weeks and just trying to continue to progress. It's nice to go back to places where you have really good memories to draw back on, hit a lot of good shots, uh, and obviously a place that you win is always nice coming up the 18th hole and remembering the shot to win in the playoffs. So uh, that was the coolest shot I've ever hit in a PGA Tour event. So it's, I, I played it today. It was really, I always just go right back in the bunker and, you know, and try it every time I'm there. Yeah, I like it. That kind of reminds me of what we do when we get to Glen Abbey. And I know somebody <laughs> played Glen Abbey yesterday. <laughs> And we'll hear from that certain somebody about his experience yesterday at Glen Abbey on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks, Mark Zucchino, Adam Scully as Mackenzie Hughes posts a 60. Scully, I want to get to you and your round at Glen Abbey yesterday. But before we do, Weeksy is back with us. Uh, Bob, you had a chance to jump in on the Mackenzie Hughes presser. My shot link, boys, is finally back up and going again here. Uh, Scully, there was a little bit uh, off on some oh of the math here. It's okay. It's okay. 143 feet of putts made, oh. still obscene. Strokes gained putting, five on the button to the plus side. Um, he hit 15 of 18 greens. Uh, miraculously, this is the number, guys, that makes literally no sense to me. Oh, uh, It doesn't, it doesn't, considering the amount of feet of putts he made. His proximity to the hole today, 40 feet. That's not even anywhere near the lead of the sculpture. So he did not hit it close. In fact... He hit it kind of in the bottom half of this field in terms of proximity to the hole, but put it on a bunch of greens. And basically, Bob, it was like staring into a bathtub for him all the day with that flat stick. What did he have to say in his presser? Yeah, he said, uh, he said, you know, he just, he thought about, uh, kind of thought about the 59 once he made the first birdie on the, his second nine, the front side. And, um, he said that on his uh, on the ninth hole, his last hole, his uh, his drive went into the rough, and he said he probably had the worst lie he's had all year. So it was just a terrible lie. He just kind of was hoping to get it on and get it running, and it didn't really run that far. And uh, and his great line about the last putt, uh, he said, "I had a good read. I just didn't hit it. He left it uh, four feet short." But uh, interestingly enough, he said that he was playing uh, just a regular game with some pals back in Florida during the break. And he had a putt for 59, and he missed that one too. So um, all good, though. He's very positive. I think he's he's already taking the smart approach, which is, uh, okay, it's the first round, and I've shot 60, but i got to keep going now. i got to keep moving ahead. There's three more rounds here, and 60 is great, but I want to win the golf tournament. 
You know, it's amazing, Bob, because I, I you know he shot sixty to your point, not fifty nine. Uh, but it is amazing if you look historically over the years at the players that have shot sub sixty on the PGA Tour and not won the golf tournament. It's amazing. It happens way more often than you think. Of course, the flip side of that coin is I remember David Duvall in the desert shooting 59 on a Sunday to win on the final day with a huge putt on the 18th green. Uh, but you can quite often come out of the gates on a Thursday or a Friday with a crazy round like this and still not find the W. So I, I like to hear that Mackenzie Hughes' head is in the right place. Now, Bob, while you were gone, Adam and I, we parked our discussion on the most underrated player on the PGA Tour. We parked that to dive deeper into... Uh, the Travelers Championship, and we'll, we'll we'll pick up that discussion again on Saturday's Golf Talk Canada. As Bob, Adam, and I are back here, 8 in the morning to 10 in the morning uh, Saturday in our national time slot for Golf Talk Canada Radio, but uh, we will get to that. Okay, Adam, yesterday, like this week, we were, listen, thank you to Lawrence Applebaum, who uh, CEO of Golf Canada, who was kind enough to invite uh, Bob, Adam, and myself out to Glen Abbey this week. It was originally supposed to be Tuesday. We got rained out. Uh, we were Bob and I were both unable to play yesterday, make out the the rain out date. But I know you still went and played. So thank you to Lawrence uh, and his generosity. Scully, was that your first time around Glen Abbey, or have you played it before? And tell us about a bit about your day. Uh, by all accounts, you had a great day out there. You know what? So it was a great day, first of all. Uh, TSN's Lindsay Hamilton also was in the group as well with uh, her friend Dana. So uh, Lindsay replaced you guys. So that, that was a great replacement. So are you saying that you upgraded uh, from Bob and I? Is that what you're we, suggesting? We upgraded, and Lindsay hit some bombs <laughs> out there, some high, nasty bombs out there. She played very well. It was fun to play with her. Fun to play with Lawrence as well. Mark, I have played Glen Abbey before. I played in the media day two or three years ago before the tournament, so it was fun to get out and play again. As you mentioned, it was nice to get a low score out there. We actually played the back nine first, just mm -hmm. given uh, their tee sheet. So played the back nine first, was two over through eight holes, but happened to eagle the famous 18th hole, hit a high bomb out there, driver pitching wedge to three feet, tapped it in for the eagle, and then turning the corner the way it's routed, the first hole is a par five, missed a 10 footer for eagle on the first hole. So really had it rolling there for a bit. But Mark and Bob, one of the highlights or maybe lowlights of the day for me, I'm one under par on the sixth hole, so my 15th hole, and I hit a cold shank, a hosel oh. rocket with a, my gapper, my two iron. I, I've, I've only broken par once in my life. I was a little uncomfortable, hit a nice hosel rocket. The, it was a pretty wide open place. So I had a <laughs> shot for my next one, made bogey. Missed the 20-footer on eight, on nine, my 18th hole, to sh break par, but it was an even par, 73 for me, my low round of the year thus far. Well done, Adam. Uh, that's great. I'm glad you had a good time, and I hope to, we, the next time we, we set her up, we're all good for it. Uh, and, Lindsay, if you're listening uh, today, as you often do, as you listen to the channel on your way in and out and around and about, you know, if you're playing golf to have fun, you're playing with the right uh, hosts of Golf Talk Canada. If you're playing to get better, you're still playing with the wrong hosts. Okay, Lindsay? <laughs> I'm just telling you that right now. We have yet to get out and play. So, um, uh, boys, I don't know if you saw this. I just flipped it to you both. 
The, I, I retweeted this yesterday. This kind of leaked yesterday on social media, and I wonder if you guys saw it because I know we were kind of covering something else yesterday uh, from the travelers and uh, right. Commissioner Monahan and whatnot. But did you see these irons that might be coming in 2021? I, I followed up with TaylorMade today, and, and mum's the word, but this came from one of TaylorMade's own in mm. Carlsbad yesterday on social media. I don't know the name of these irons. Uh, you could, uh, just check, check me out at Z Man Golf is my personal handle at Z Man Golf. These are like spring loaded. I don't. How do <laughs> just you explain that, Bob? Do you see that? When I say, I'm just looking at that? this thing now. It looks like <laughs> it looks like it's a, a a golf club that's built on a trampoline. Yeah, <laughs> not sure. Yes. So, like, basically, Scully would hit driver lob wedge into 18 at Glen Abbey and, and be screaming, get down. He'd be screaming, get down, as the ball's halfway over the pond at Glen Abbey. So, it's a nice-looking club. Guys, we only have about a minute left. We'll be back Saturday morning. Other than keeping our eye on the Travelers Championship, Weeksy, what, uh, what are you watching over the next 48? Well, we're going to be doing a little deep dive into Mackenzie Hughes right after this, and I'm sure you'll probably see that on to, on Sports Center, and uh, and then we'll uh, see you guys Saturday morning. See where see where Mac is after two rounds. Any golf lined up between now and Saturday, gents? Nothing, nothing for me. I got a game Sunday and then Tuesday. Scully. Uh I've actually got a lesson in 90 minutes, a lesson in the cold Whoa. world. I'm curious how that's going to go, and then I'm actually playing tonight, so it's an action-packed day for me. Well, there you go. We'll play well, Adam. Bob, we'll keep our eye on that. I'll talk to both of you gentlemen Saturday morning. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues. This week, we're giving away a trust putter. Follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada. We're back Saturday morning, 8 to 10 a.m. on the TSN National Radio Network. Remember, first good decision on the golf course. It always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.